turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. I know if you listen regularly, I know Biden announced that he is running for re-election. And, uh, you know, be Irish, but I'm not stupid. Well, I know. But, uh, you know, I still think he won't be the nominee. And I'm <laughs> I'm going to stick with this for what it's a year and a half. There is a long way to go. And I'm telling you, I'm going to I'm going to keep up with that. And I I'm going to owe big wave Dave David James here at the station a big, huge, fancy meal. If Biden indeed is the one who's on the ballot in 2024. But I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I think there's an LBJ moment coming here, but uh, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, Here's the question, though, and we're going to go through President Biden's uh, video today announcing his candidacy officially. And here's the question, though, I have as I listen to this. He talks a lot about personal freedom. And I want to ask you this question. How should we use our freedom? What is freedom about? Is it the same? Is freedom a good thing the way the president talks about it? Or is it not really the right kind of freedom? You can join the conversation by giving me a call at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email, Pastor Scott at KKLA.com. All right, let's hear it. President Biden in a video advertisement, a video announcement, announced that he is indeed, after much speculation, running for re-election. Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. All right, we're going to pause for a second there. So that's how he begins. And in a couple of minutes of a uh, advertisement, he talks about personal freedom. He's not in it a whole lot. He narrates it. There's a couple of scenes with him in it. And it's very well produced, well produced. I thought it was well done as far as those things go. But he keeps talking about personal freedom. And I thought as we think about this, as Christians, number one, we need to think about it. As Americans, obviously, personal freedom is something that we have enjoyed but what does it really mean? And so I want to give you this scripture, okay, just to have in the back of your head as we talk about this today. First Peter 2.16, it says, live as people who are free. But then it says, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. There's a lot in the scriptures about what freedom is, and there is a lot in our history about what freedom is. You know, there's an American notion that I think what I'm arguing here is that we've lost it a bit, and not just because of uh, President Biden or even things that are happening currently, but I think we have been losing it for a while. And the American notion of freedom that we have lost is this, that freedom is not the freedom to do whatever we want. It's the freedom to do what we should. See, there is something about freedom that 
gives you the freedom to do certain things, but also the freedom not to do certain things, to have the freedom to do what is correct, to do what is right, to make good decisions. The Bible is full of this teaching, and we are a nation that was founded on a Judeo-Christian ethic. And I want to be careful about, you know, when people say we're a Christian nation, it depends on what you mean by that. We're not a Christian nation and that nobody's forced to be a Christian. That's definitely something in our founding. In fact, we our founders would talk about why that's important. As you study history, you realize that when governments choose your religion for you, either they're forcing you into a certain religion or maybe because you were born in this country or that country, you are a particular religion, right? So a lot of people coming over from England, it depended on what uh, king or queen you were born under, whether you were Catholic or Church of England or Protestant or get back to Catholic again. If you were born in Germany at one point, you were probably a Lutheran, right? There were there were different things that determined your religion, and it led to religious persecution. And even when the pilgrims came to this country, you know, one of the things they got wrong was the idea that we're going to force everybody to have certain beliefs. And that worked really well while everybody agreed in the first generation, but then you have kids and they grow up and they say, you know what, uh, I don't really buy that. But we learned something through the pilgrim experience. We learned that government is something that is below God, that the creator is above government, that we are a nation under God, if you will. And yes, that was added to the Pledge of Allegiance in the 50s, but that phrase, under God, you find it all the way back into our history. Lincoln used it. Other people used it. It was something we added in part because of our fight against communism in the 50s, but it was also part of our soul. And the American notion of freedom that we need to get back to is that we're not free to do what we want as individuals, but we are free to do what we should. There is a personal accountability that, is, that should be a part of who we are. First Peter chapter 2, if you start back at verse 13 in the context, says, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him, to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. You got to think about that for a while. How do you be subject to every human institution, particularly governments, if the government is doing wrong? We live in a in a very unique country in world history. Democracy, democracy is relatively new. You can still be respectful, I think, to your leaders, even if you don't vote for them. You can still pray for President Biden, even if you hope that he loses his reelection bid. You can pray that he changes his mind, I think. Praying for your leaders and supporting your leaders doesn't mean that you agree with everything they're going to do or that you think they ought to be successful in everything they want to do. It means that you pray that they'll change their mind about what they want to do if it's bad, if it is wrong, if it's the wrong path. We need our leaders right now to govern well. We are on the brink of World War III. People keep saying that's a scary time. We need people to do well. Verse 15, for it is the will of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Uh, interesting passage there. So I want you to have that in the context as we, as we talk about this, as President Biden launched his campaign and he talked about freedom today. Here he continues. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. I don't think he's really explained still who the MAGA extremists are. Is it everybody who voted for Trump in uh, 2020? Is it half of those people, a third of those people, 20 percent? Who are who really 
are they? If you watch the video, you see a couple of pictures of a couple of uh, more controversial people in the Republican Party, people who make a lot of statements and, and things like that that generate controversy. You know, I would say to you that whatever you're at in politics, if your statements are fundraising tools for the other side, maybe you ought to think about it for a while before you say it. He's showing those people, okay? And then he continues. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy, dictating what health care decisions women can make, banning books and telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. Now, all of those things are, are curious that he says there. Incidentally, I looked it up uh, just to make sure. You always hear, usually from the Democrat side, that the uh, other side wants to cut Social Security and Medicare. How many times in the last uh, 50 years, since the, since, in fact, since the inception of Social Security and Medicare, how many times has the government, either party, cut Social Security and Medicare? Anybody want to guess uh, how many times? The answer is zero. Zero times. It's never been cut. And every single election, somebody's accusing somebody of doing it. In fact, on the Republican side, Donald Trump is accusing uh, Ron DeSantis of wanting to cut Social Security and Medicare. It's never been done, ever. The only thing that's ever been done is one side typically ask for less money than the other side. So if I propose the way this works politically is you propose a 10% increase in something, the other side proposes a 9% increase in something, and then you call it a cut, even though it's not a cut. You know, those people want a cut by 1%. No, they, they want to increase by 9%. I don't know how people get away with that, but it's, it's never, ever been cut. Nobody should use that line or buy that line until the day comes. Now, the age for Social Security has been increased, and it should increase more. I mean, that's just the way it is. People, you know, you get your Social Security at 65, it used to be, but that's because you weren't going to live to be 75. But uh, now you are. Now maybe you're even going to run for president when you're 82 years old. Um, Health care for women, he just means abortion. That's what that means. There's nobody out there trying to say women shouldn't have mammograms or other uh, women's health care issues. It's abortion. If you can't say it, then there's something wrong. That's another thing I think is if you are using a euphemism for something, then you're hiding something. Just say what it is. Why can't we just do that? Anyway, he's talking about personal freedoms, love who you love. He's, well, he's obviously talking about uh, maybe gay marriage and stuff, but deep inside that is transgender issues that this president has been uh, a champion of. In, uh, in very significant ways, right from his own administration into everywhere else. He's a very controversial president. Historically speaking, President Biden, whenever this is over, is going to be not somebody who brought the country together, at least in the first couple of years, in his first term. And he is pushing an agenda that uh, is, is not something that everybody agrees on. And he's pushing it hard and saying that you're a bad person, uh, essentially. I think that's what the uh, MAGA Republicans is. If you don't agree, but all of this is under the banner of personal freedom. Do we have the freedom just to do whatever we want? And I ask that of conservatives too, right? Because the conservative approach to lots of issues is that is very individualistic, that I should have the right to do what I want with this and that, and you don't have the right to tell me. It's a, it's a very interesting conversation to have from both sides, when you think about what is personal freedom, when we talk about it as Americans, what should it be for Christians? What do you think? 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557, if you want to join our conversation. President Biden announced that he's running for president. Here is the continuation of his, his opening remarks. When I ran for president four years ago, 
I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. Are we more free than we were four years ago or less free? Are we more free than we were eight years ago? Are we more free or less free than we were 20 years ago? I think that's an interesting question too. I mean, to to move it out even beyond just the period of Biden and Trump, how far back do you go? Are we more free after 9-11 or less free after 9-11? Are we more free after the fall of communism or less free after the fall of communism? We've been around for a while. I think that's a curious, a curious thing. And, you know, I think everybody says, oh, we should be for freedom and everybody's for freedom and uh, all of these things. But uh, what does that mean to you? I think we need to flush this out. I think it matters a lot for our country because I would say, I would say to in a certain respect, um, we have less freedom. I think a lot, of cha- a lot of things changed after those planes flew into buildings in New York, for example. I was looking at the news today and there's a story of uh, Target somewhere in the Bay Area where every single thing at Target is now behind key, lock and key. Have you been in one of these stores where everything's behind lock and key because they keep having the break-ins and everyone's stealing the stuff? I mean, that's, that's where freedom runs amok, right? That you can just run in and steal stuff without any kind of impunity and leave. Well, what it results in is now in order to, you know, pick up some shaving cream or deodorant or something, you have to actually go in and find an employee who's got a key and open it up. I stood in line at a uh, one of these stores for, I would say, 15 minutes because – and all I was buying was one of those little – it's a thing of you know, sterilized you – know, I forget what you call it. But you, you, you blow it up your nose if you've got a cold or something. What is, what is it called? It's a saline solution, right? And I like to do that, uh, not to get too personal, but you know, when you have a cold, that's a way to treat it. I had to wait in line at least 15 minutes because one person who had keys was taking one person at a time and opening up the different cabinets just to get the thing out. It was ridiculous. I would say that in that way, we've, we've lost our freedom, but we're not addressing those things. I don't think. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Gloria in Mission Hills, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Scott. You know, I thought it was interesting your comment about uh, freedom to do what's right, because it reminded me of Laura Ingalls Wilder actually had that comment way back in the pioneer days when they were celebrating Fourth of July one year. She was saying, maybe somebody can look it up, something about the freedom to uh, honor the king, and which is funny because they weren't under the king anymore. But um, And then another thing uh, was that it was funny because when she took her wedding vows to Almanzo, she told him she would not say that uh, she would obey him. <laughs> but I do like that quote, and I think it's good to build on and um, talk about more, because especially for the, those of us on the right, you know, we have the freedom to do what's right, like not to kill babies, on and on and on. Well, and, and uh, you know, I think for everybody, part of freedom And on the abortion argument, you know, some would say that whether or not abortion is legal or illegal, it shouldn't be done. Right. right? That there is a choice that can be made, you know, with the pro-choice argument. The problem is it's really one-sided. It's not about choice. It's, you know, the the better terms are pro-abortion or anti-abortion, in my opinion, is what should be used. Otherwise, you get in the... what has happened to doing what's right? Right. 
And regardless of what the laws are, we ought to do what's right with our freedom. That's how we become powerful, by the way. That's how we uh, grew as a nation. That's how we fought off the terrible things of our country with slavery and other things. And it might be where we're at now. It might be why we're so divided is that we've got a nation that's that is struggling with what to do with the freedom that we have mm-hmm. and how to do it right. I've been watching a lot of the Jew Holocaust stories lately, and it's it all runs together, everything about what is right and, and how people don't know anymore what is right or wrong. And you know what, Gloria, I think that is maybe the biggest point. Thank you for calling Pastor Scott Show. We don't know as a culture what is right or wrong anymore. What has become right is my right or ability to do whatever I want. And regardless of whether it affects other people, right? People always say things like that. Well, how is it going to affect you? And if we do these things, how is it going to affect other people? Everything affects other people. You know, drug use and the privacy of my own home, eventually I have medical problems because of it. It's going to increase insurance. It's going to increase hospital stays. Everything is connected. Every single thing. Uh, It does matter. 888-528-2557. We're going through uh, President Biden's uh, speech today, video speech today, where he announces candidacy. And one of the themes in the speech is personal freedom and how he is running to guarantee that. And I'm asking the question, what do we do with our freedom? What is it? 888-528-2557. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty, respect, and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing us. He once again is talking about personal freedom in that way. How does it work, though? When he says all that stuff, everybody believes that everybody's equal. Most people, I would think, would say that. But people have a different opinion on that. Do we really respect each other the way that we used to? Uh, is that growing or is that not? And what do these things have to do with freedom? I think I think a lot. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557 to join the conversation. Chris and Whittier, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Scott. Great Hi, Chris. Day. You know, the issue is, um, yeah, we want to have freedom to do what is right, but this country is losing its definition of what is right. That's correct. We are so factionalized, and every faction has its own self-serving definition of what's right. So that mob of teenagers that takes over a street and breaks into a store and cleans the shelves off, well, they're right in their own eyes mm-hmm. because the mayor of Chicago blames it on the uh, corporate entities are making a profit and you know, it's like everybody's justifying whatever stand they want to take. And, you know, the irony is you look across at the uh, our opponent in the next World War Three. you know, China, and everybody would assume, yeah, China is a communist nation and they don't have any rights and they don't have freedom. But what they do have is forced unity. So the vast majority of that population in China all – are unified on a definition of terms. You know, you might have some disagreement here or there, but it's stamped out. 
But well, you're not allowed to express it. I mean, I, I think right. that the not danger allowed. that we should be looking at when we look at China is how did China get to be where they are in the Maoist revolution? And so this is what makes them so dangerous is yes. that they, whatever way they got it, they have a unity in their nation that is disappearing from the United States. So their threat is increasing. It's on the rise where our ability to resist that threat is falling apart in pieces. Well, and we're falling apart internally. I mean, I think that, and I think our adversaries, you know, wherever they're coming from, I think that they see that. I think you can't help yeah. but look at the United States from around the world and go, you know, if we have if we have any intent to take down the United States or whatever it is, economically or militarily, or just to wield influence in ways we haven't been able to, now's the time. Uh, I think that's uh, that's what they're saying. Chris, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Angie in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello. Hi, Angie. Go How ahead. Are you? I'm good. Wonderful. Um, uh, the topic of freedom. Yeah. Our freedoms are being taken away daily. It used to be you could say whatever you want to say as long as it's not fire in a crowded building and be able to express that and not be in trouble or put jail. You know, as long as you're not slandering someone or lying on someone. There are always limits, right, to our to our freedom of what yeah. we can say. Yeah. But Go it seems it. like we're more and more restrictive now about sharing opinions. Right. If you if a boy comes to you and says, Well, I'm a girl I'm not going to say what I said one time at a high school to this boy, but you got the picture. <laughs> yeah, we are. It's it's an interesting thing about freedom that we, you know, and that's the question I'm asking is, are we more free or less free than we were however many years ago you want to go back? And uh, you would say we're, I feel we're less. Yeah. I feel we're less right. because it's, it's insane. You know, a pastor in a pulpit says something, he can get thrown in jail. That's insane. It's it's a crazy time we're living in. Angie, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. I got to go oh, to a break. So yeah, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Talking about freedom, how should we use our our freedom? And maybe as you think about it, what are some ways that we need to use the freedoms that we have to do good in our country uh today? 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. That is President Biden in his re-election ad that he put out today, announcing that he is running for re-election. He talked a lot about personal freedom, and you know you wouldn't expect him to get into a lot of philosophy about it, but he, we are going to do that a little bit, because what is personal freedom? Biblically speaking, what is personal freedom? There used to be an American notion that freedom is not the freedom to do whatever you want. It's the freedom to be able to do what you should. 
And I think we've left that. It's certainly a biblical notion about freedom, and and First Peter is telling us about this freedom that we should be sharing. We've been talking about this. The number is 888-528-2557. How do we live in freedom and in a country where we're meant to be free, but how do we keep it really with our behavior? 888-528-2557. Denise in Pomona, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, Pastor, for taking my call. Uh, basically, I'm thinking we have too much freedom. Okay, what do you um, mean? I I believe um, I believe in the the, the commandments. Um, I believe in as long as we, as a human being, follow these. There's no there's no bad situations. Mm-hmm. But as long as we have the freedom to say we don't have to follow these or we shouldn't follow these, then it kind of brings chaos. So I'm just saying sometimes it's too much freedom um, and discipline needs to be um, in, into, um, well, uh, it's a hard issue to take away. Yes. <laughs> because you got to ask what, how, you know, we should have as much freedom as possible, but there is a purpose for government. So where does the government, exactly. where does the government fit in? When God established Israel and gave them a bunch of laws, the purpose of that was in a way to limit the freedom of people. And there were certain rules to protect each other's freedom. I think that's, a, that's something that maybe we are losing in our country or maybe we've lost is that we've become all about my freedom instead of about the freedom of each other. Well, that's I, I agree 100%, because this world is huge, and we are a small group that wants to uh, bring freedom amongst the whole world. Well, it's not, our, it's not up to us. We're not, you know, we're all born in different places, different times, different... So it's not up to us to always bring on our freedom of our freedoms you mean around the world um, you know you know yeah exactly because that causes wars so you know if it causes wars then how is it really how is it really freedom it seems like it's forced freedom and freedom shouldn't be forced <laughs> it, it can't be forced and it's freedom always you know and it's always something to be fought for ultimately so the the hard part is that Freedom is lost whenever you give more, you know, too much to the government, uh, to any government. And uh, that is a big piece. Thank you, Denise, for calling Pastor Scott's show. Freedom, when you get into it philosophically, it is a harder issue, right, is where should the guardrails be set up by government uh, that God has established? That The Bible is very, very clear that God establishes governments and that we are to honor those governments. That doesn't mean we agree with everything those governments do. And it's also important to recognize that God holds governments accountable, that God holds the leaders of our governments accountable for that leadership. I think God personally holds us all accountable for whatever leadership we've been given, even in our our companies or our family or our church or wherever it is, that any kind of leadership that you've been given is a stewardship, and you need to steward that leadership in such a way that the kingdom of God benefits, right? That 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 people benefit, that the freedom of people is protected in such a way that everybody can have freedom. You get some great ideals from that, and I think whenever we lose the freedom, it's because either 
we have too many rules and too many things going on. If you, you know, if you want to have rebellion, you just keep adding more laws and more rules. Um, but on the other side of it, if you don't have some kind of structure, if you don't have some notion of what is right and wrong, you're also not going to have freedom. That's where I think our country is failing, is we've lost the notion of right and wrong. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom. So much in the Bible about freedom. For you were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. My thought is that when we think about the freedom in our country and why we're losing it, it's because we're using our freedom as an opportunity for our flesh and not to serve one another. I think that I think that hits the nail on the head. You know, what kinds of freedoms are we fighting for? We are fighting today about freedoms for our flesh. And you can think about that in all kinds of different ways, sexual things, obviously. But I think with our attitude about drugs, our attitude about crime, our attitude about all kinds of things, it's about us. It's about my freedom and uh, at the expense maybe of yours. And when we are going to have a conversation, perhaps a presidential campaign, a national conversation about freedom, we've got to go deeper. I hope that if there's any any hope of it, and I don't know if there is, you know, a lot of people believe I think there's a good chance of a Donald Trump and President Biden rematch. And if that happens, the conversation is probably going to be about who is the uh, worst candidate and who can I vote for, you know, that is, you know, the, the lesser of two evils. I think we've had that for a while in people's minds. Regardless of what happens, as Christians, how should we use our freedom? You know, are Christians also stuck in a place where we are considering freedom in such a way that it's an opportunity for our flesh but not to serve one another, to not serve the communities that we're a part of? Are we complacent in the freedoms that we have or feeling the freedom to complain about stuff but not really get involved and to not really do things? I think we have to pay attention and we have to we have to be a reasonable voice in the the culture. And I think that says a lot for, you know, the way we are dealing with things. I think with freedom of speech and personal freedoms is we're devolving into a group of people, not not Christians, but the country itself, including some Christians, where we just chew each other out, where we just call each other names. You know, how are we going to get people to listen to anybody to reason if the first thing we do is tell somebody they're they're a jerk or some kind of name? We, we cuss them out or we chew them out or we belittle them, and then we say, now here's what you have to do. That's, uh, that doesn't work in relationships. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. The, you know, in, in a marriage, for example, I had a couple one time where uh, they're in the car, and she says they're driving somewhere, and he's driving, and she says, I feel cold. And her window was down a little bit. And his response to her, he had just picked her up. And his response to her was, idiot, roll the window up. So she does. And then he says, honey, how was your day? Well, she doesn't want to answer him now. Right. And it's not because he wasn't being kind in that moment. It's because five seconds before he was a jerk. See, I think that that is something that affects not just interpersonal relationships, it affects the way we interact with each other. Christians need to be bold and straightforward, but not cruel or crude. 
I think it, there's a place where it starts with us. It really does. Second Corinthians 10.5 tells us something about us. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the, no, the knowledge of God. We do that when we are kind, when we are straightforward, when we think things through, when we don't just uh, say stuff because it seems like it's possibly true or it seems true to us or I want it to be true. And we, we aren't crude or rude, but we just speak the truth in actual love. You know what happens is the Christian argument about the world, the worldview that we have about people, about how people will respond, it works. And we destroy arguments about every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. The next part is, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. See, you got to obey Christ in the way that you speak. That Can I encourage you that with freedom? If you're worried about freedom and if freedom becomes the conversation that we're going to have nationally, that we have a, a higher purpose for freedom, that we have an actual definition for freedom. We have an actual argument for freedom that, that the country used to buy, the country used to understand. Gosh, we lived in a place that we understood our failures and could talk about them. And we understood that what we ought to be, and ought is a great word. Uh, it's a much better word than should, right? If you say, well, I should do this, I should do this. You know, I should pay my taxes on time. Uh, I, you know, to say I ought to do it, if there's something that you ought to do, it's, there's a lot more reason to do it. If there's something that you ought to do, you're, you have an obligation. We need to be a country that ought to consider others as more important than ourselves, which incidentally is how you protect freedom. We need to be a group of people who wants to serve other people to make sure that their freedom isn't taken away, that, that what they think their freedom is isn't something that's taking away other people's freedoms. We've become so selfish as a country with our freedom is that we take away the freedoms of others so that we can have some kind of freedom we think we're entitled to that really we're not. I think there's a place for us to go. All right. So uh, Pastor Scott show 888-528-2557. President Biden announced that he's running for president. Interesting thing is uh, the age issue, of course, comes up and um, his uh, spokesperson was asked about that. Here's what she said. Yep. When it comes to age, it's the same thing that we heard in 2020, right? We heard that over and over in 2020. We did hear that over and over again in 2020, but it's not the same thing. President Biden will be four years older in 2020. Is the age thing an issue? I want to tell you something. What are the odds? So President Biden will be 82 when he, if he wins re-election, and he would serve presumably until he's 86. That would be the commitment that he would be making to the American people. What are the odds that President Biden does not survive to become 86 or 85 or 84? And as you think about that, President Trump, if he becomes the nominee, he'll be 78. He'll be the same age that Biden was when Biden started his first term. What are the odds of a President Trump and a second President Trump administration surviving until 82? I'll tell you that when we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show. You already are the oldest president in history, and some of your staff say you were tired after your most recent encounter with Mr. Mr. Uh, Mondale. Um, 
I recall yet that President Kennedy had to go for days on end with very little sleep during the Cuba Missile Crisis. Is there any doubt in your mind that you would be able to function in such circumstances? Not at all, Mr. Truett, and I, and I want you to know that also I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. <laughs> That is a uh, famous line for President Reagan in the two, uh, 1984 presidential debate against Walter Mondale. If you watch the video of that, the clip even shows Walter Mondale cracking up. It's a funny line, but uh, people were worried about President Reagan's age, and they were worried about different things he would do that were kind of old man type of things that you do. We're all going to be you know, older one day, and, uh, you know, that's that's part of it. And... Uh, Mondale's laughing, and Mondale said later that that line, as soon as he said that in the debate, he knew it was over. And uh, Reagan would go on to win 49 states. 59%, almost 60% of the vote Reagan got. Different time, different era of uh, unity that we had. Reagan, by the way, who was dealing with that, was only 73, and people were worried about his age. President Biden will be 82 President, uh, former President Trump, if he gets the nomination or becomes president again, he'll be 78. I looked it up. I tried to figure it out. And I, you know, it's it's an interesting thing to go, well, how long do people live? And uh, maybe if you're older, you don't really want to hear this, but I think you can do the math. How long do you think a person who is 82 years old has to live? Like not even time to get old and have old person troubles and, and things like that, but just how long before they they go stand in front of the Lord. Uh, if President Biden gets elected at age 20, 82, there's about a 25% chance that he will not survive his term. One in four. That he will not even live to be 82. Of course, there's all kinds of factors, right? There's health factors and all kinds of, and he's going to have the best health care in the world. But, you know, at that age, you just don't even know. And the odds even of a President Trump surviving the term, they're much better, but they're not that much better. And this could be the first, if President Biden actually stays on the ballot all this time, which I still have some doubts, uh, this will be the first, I think, presidential election where the vice president will matter. Meaning that, you know, we, we pay a lot of attention. People will pay attention to Kamala Harris or they'll pay attention to, you know, in history, Dan Quayle or some vice presidents who have, you know, drawn attention for one reason or another. But at the end of the day, polls show that nobody votes for vice president, that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, that if you're talking a lot about the vice presidential candidate, it's probably a good sign for whoever the candidate is, because uh, there's no other issue to talk about. Right. I think this time uh, Kamala Harris will be if she's not already president. This is going to be a big deal. Some things that I read said maybe 50 percent that the age, the the average age that a person who's 82 should expect to live to is only 88 um, if President Biden gets reelected, if that happens, very good chance Kamala Harris will become president before that term is out. 888-528-2557. We've been talking about freedom. That was the theme, personal freedom, of President Biden's announcement. And what does it mean for Christians? How should we be looking at personal freedom? 888-528-2557. Let me get to a couple more calls here. Anna in Simi Valley, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Hi, Anna. <laughs> and I'm really enjoying your shows. Um, I, I'm, most of the time I'm in the car, but I'm actually at home talking to you. Um, <clears throat> you know, if, if you read scriptures in the 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 
it talks about the fact that um, we're bought with a price. Mm. Um, you're, you're not servants of men. That's what it says in verse 23. But the previous verse says, for he, for he who is called by the Lord as a slave is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, he who is called as a free man is Christ's slave. So we're bond servants under God, and we have we don't have the freedom to do as we want. We have the freedom to do His will, and that's the difference there. And Christians often forget that it's not for us, and it's not necessarily always about somebody else. It is about giving God glory, and so we really need to remember. It even says we're not of this world. We sh- we're of the world to come. So it's 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 really important to remember that we serve God and yes. that we're bond servants because we chose to be. You know, under the law, it said if you choose to stay with their family, they bored a hole in your ear, and it was against the doorstop. and And that was a way of showing that you wanted to stay with them. And we want to stay with our Lord. So you know. When we're making decisions about who we serve, it should be with serving God, no matter who is in power. And it also says that the Lord will put in power to rule over us, whoever he will. Right. So all these things, I think, are really important to bring into the picture. You know, it's not about us. It's about God and giving him glory. So that's what I really want to say. Thank you, know, you very much. Anna, thank you. That's a great thing to add to the discussion. And the idea that, you know, those words, slave to Christ or bondservant to Christ, you know, maybe that feels like it's not freedom. But when you understand Scripture, it's great freedom. That it's, it's freedom from sin and death. Yes, you have the freedom of the fear of death. You have the freedom of you. You know the freedom to not sin is what you have. It's an amazing thing, and you know when you when you live a life that you are are not full of sin or trying to defend sin or deliberately trying to live in sin, your life is a lot better, and that's the freedom that you have uh, part of it in Christ, and you're not afraid of death. Um, because you're going to be with Christ forever. You don't want to die. You've got things you're concerned about. But when that day comes, and it will, you have the freedom to know you're going to continue with the Lord. Uh, so much there. Anna, thank you very much for your call. 888-528-2557. Andrew in Torrance, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, Pastor Scott. This discussion brings to mind um, our imposing freedoms on others. And let me bring up this topic. Africa. Uganda is um, working on a bill that's called anti-gay bill that is gaining traction across Africa. Africa is receiving the Word of God in such incredible quantities. It is unbelievable how what the, um, the Word is touching, how it's touching people over there. And they don't want America's ways they are saying keep it and uh, don't impose it on us. That freedom is not welcome here. Yeah, and it's I a, just wanted to bring that topic up. That's now. Right. That is going on right now in uh, Uganda. There's a lot of uh, things behind it. Part of it is the uh, AIDS crisis has been such a huge deal that, you know, people's uh, promiscuity is killing people. Um, and, yes. even, and even in our own country, the, the promiscuity of us— oh, yes is driving up health care rates. Uh, it's driving up all kinds of disease, all kinds of um, different things. It, it all affects us. Sin, you know, the, the freedom to, the freedoms that we have, 
that we just feel like we can indulge in whatever we want. They, they don't come without consequences, and it does impact the entire community, the entire nation. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for, uh, for talking about that you know, controversial stuff. But part of what's happening in Uganda is they are looking at the West. They're looking at us and saying, we don't want that. Uh, we, we do not. We have seen how it is ravaging our country. We see how it's ravaging your country. And uh, we don't want it. And they're being condemned by the West and by the U.N. and uh, other stuff. Now, there's things that maybe go too far. I think that they're, they're saying they're making certain practices punishable by death and other things. You know, there's certainly a conversation that needs to be – that can be had there about freedom and how we deal with uh, these things. But one of the issues with freedom that we have to understand is that it does affect – what we do is not ever just about us. It has an effect. It has an effect on our family. It has an effect on our community, our neighborhoods. It has an effect on our entire nation. And as you pray for our country and you think about this election coming up and all the different issues that are a part of it, maybe personal freedom is the a great part of a discussion that we need to really have and get back to the notion that our country used to have. That freedom is something that doesn't mean you can just do whatever you want, which is where I think we are at. But the notion that we are not free to do what we want, we are, in free, we are instead free to do what we should. Or if I could change it, we're free to do what we ought. That's the biblical notion. And that's the biblical notion of the freedom that you have in Christ. You have the freedom of, from death. Jesus rose again from the grave, and even though you will die, you will follow him out of the grave into everlasting life by faith. You get that by grace. It's a gift. You just need to receive it. If you've got questions about that, connect with me, Pastor Scott at KKLA.com. And then the way we live this life in freedom is to do the will of God by doing the things that, as First Peter says, live as people who are free, but not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, which is how I think we're using our freedom, but living as servants of God. That benefits you, but it also benefits your family. It benefits your community. It benefits your state, your city, your your government. It benefits everybody. And we can't just wait for everyone else to do it. It's got to start with us. We always have to look at ourselves first and take the log out of our eye and ask, am I living according to God's will? I think that this is a good time to talk about it. I think that these issues are are in the forefront and in the background are is war. In the background is a lot of destruction that could be coming our way while we're fooling around with how much uh, freedom we can have uh, just in our own life. This is the Pastor Scott Show. By the way, I want to invite you to the past KKLA Pastors Breakfast. If you're a pastor listening or if you uh, have a pastor because you go to church somewhere, please go to kkla.com. It's May 10th at uh, Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch at 8 in the morning. The program begins at 9. It's free, totally free breakfast. And Bishop uh, Ken Ulmer will be the speaker, and it's a great opportunity. I'll be there, and I really want you to go. Go to kkla.com now. Click on the banner RSVP. We need you to RSVP today because we need to know how many breakfasts to get and all of that. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about a uh, a new interesting attack that's going on on a popular holiday in May. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned.